record a computer. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen and listeners of Simpler Methods, everyone, entrepreneurs, business owners, people interested in learning simpler methods to promoting your business and marketing yourself and getting that message tighter and tweaking everything you do for profits and, and living your lifestyle and tweaking that. Thank you for tuning in today, for listening in today. Today I have with me Jerome Lewis. He is a he's a real estate expert, and this is uh, one of the reasons I'm very excited to talk to him because I've been trying to get into this and losing hours and hours and hours of, of my own time. I know nothing about this. So I'm going to talk to Jerome. I'm going to, so, um, and this is where I edit. <laughs> so, uh, so Jerome Lewis, first of all, let me just bring you on. And so the listeners know you're a real person and you're here and you're not made up. Jerome, say hello to everybody. And just and tell us just, uh, just about 10 seconds. I'll give you a little more chance to kind of brag on yourself here in just a moment. But Jerome Lewis, from what website and and from where where are you where are you uh, zooming in from? He hi everyone. My name is Jerome Lewis. My website, the best website for me is JeromeLewis.com. I have some other websites, but to learn about me as an individual, JeromeLewis.com. I am from and I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Back to you, Drew. Nice. Okay, I didn't know that. All right, so Jerome and I met in some of these groups. If you're uh, an entrepreneur, you probably understand. You get in these groups, you get in these. Uh, you probably pay to play and get in some of these uh, mentorship circles, and it's kind of a small world. And so I met Jerome, and um, I thought he's from Florida. I thought you were from Florida. Were you, did, were you in Florida at, at any point? Yeah, I was in Florida when we talked the first time. Okay, on, all right. on my podcast. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, please don't. Uh, <laughs> did I get that right? No, whoa. Uh, or the dementia is really early onset dementia setting in quite heavily. But no, okay. So now you're in Pennsylvania. Um, all right. Well, Jerome, I'm gonna put you in. All right. So let me set up listeners first of all. You're tuning into Simple Methods. The premise of this is that if you're listening in, you're you're a business owner. You got something that you're trying, or you're a leader of an organization. You're a leader, and you're trying to promote and push some kind of message. You're trying to make your life better. And, and it goes like this. So anyone on the show says, hello, my name is fill in the blank. In this case is uh, today we're talking to Jerome and every day I see people just trying to get at blank. And that Mad Lib formula is some kind of desired result that you're trying to get. Well, you're probably overcomplicating it. In fact, most of us are, every, myself included, everyone, you know, we're overcomplicating many things in our life. So you're overcomplicating things. You're probably running into all kinds of pitfalls and hurdles and obstacles. And if you would just, there's a simpler method. And if you just consider taking a breath, taking a pause, backing up and trying A, B, and C, maybe see how your results would go. Probably get you much closer to the result much faster. So Jerome is going to take us through that formula for something that uh, might interest us today, might interest the listener. But before I hand it over to do that formula for Jerome, Jerome, I'm going to hand it, I'm going to put you in the brag bubble. All right. You have permission. You have my permission. Let's get in the brag bubble a little bit because people are busy. They're listening in. They're listening to the simple method. They're listening into this formula here. They want to learn this, but why would they even pay attention to what you have to say? What, what gives you some authority on it? And I'll set you up a little bit because you're probably going to talk about your book. You literally wrote the book on remarketing and like real estate marketing. So I don't know if you're going to go there, but I'm going to hand you the baton. Take us through a little bit of your backstory. What got you to the current point where you're going to give us some advice about a simpler method? Yeah, sure. So I have uh, quite a few stories, but the best one 
And just so when, when people hear me say people, my people are real estate entrepreneurs. So those are my people. And the reason why they're my people is because that's where I started. I started off as a, as a well, I didn't start there, but a significant change happened there. I was working a W-2 job and I had like a family. I was like, you know what? I want to support my family. How could I do this a little bit better? This is just quick and dirty. And uh, I did some research online and I came across uh, real estate as being one of the best assets that you can invest in. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. I did some studying and, um, the ultimately I learned it's like, hey, uh, if you really want to do well, you got to go out and network. And at the end of networking, you should probably eventually get yourself a coach. And I was like, OK, yeah, I want to get me a coach so I can be better in real estate. And I sought out that coach for a real estate investing coach that teach me how to uh, apply a method called wholesaling within the real estate industry. Huh. Saw him out and I was like, I'm ready to go. Uh, let's do this thing. What's your price? And he was like, uh my price is $3,000. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. I don't have anywhere near that much money. And uh, it took me two years to save up to save, to save up $3,000 so I could pay for that coach. But I eventually paid for that coach. And uh, he taught me how to wholesale. He, and one of the things I learned within that industry, the wholesale industry, is um, how how important marketing is, right? You have to go find these properties. You have to go find these sellers and you have to help them solve problems, but you can't solve problems if, if those leads or those sellers are not coming in. So learn how to find them. And naturally at the time, I did not know that I learned this skill of marketing. So I eventually went to uh, like during this journey and learning all of this stuff, I one of the things that the mentor suggested was that I go out and network and I build these relationships. So I would do that. I would show up consistently, right? Sometimes I see people come one or two events and then you never hear from them again. So I make sure I showed up consistently and the leaders saw me showing up consistently and they asked me, hey, Jerome, you're always around. How would you like to be a co-leader of one of our groups. And I was like, absolutely sure. That's no problem. And they were like, well, as a co-leader, one of the things that we need you to do is we need you to help get people here. Right. And uh, they made me a co-leader of the group in West Philadelphia. Right. So I'm from Philadelphia. And at the time when I started that group, it was about five people attending that event. And uh, that wasn't a lot. By that time next year, uh, we had an overflow of people. So we had more than a hundred by just applying my suggestions, right? I teamed up with this other leader and he would take my suggestions, right? I always like to reference the book Traction. He would take my suggestions. He was a visionary. I was the integrator. So whatever I suggested, he would do. He was like, hey, I'm thinking about this. This is my idea. And I was like, all right, well, this is how we do that idea. So I'm the integrator personality or behavior type business personality. Um, So he stayed out of my way and we did so well. Like we grew that group. Next thing, they were like, hey, Jerome, we see you're doing great. How would you like to become part of our board of directors? And I was like, oh, sure, I would be happy to do that. And this is all before. Uh, and tell me if I'm being like too long winded or something like that. Well, no, I, I'm enjoying okay. the, the, the process okay. because and I'll, and I'll throw in here mm -hmm. where now no, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll, I'll leave a little. Okay. There. So now the listeners like, where's Drew going to go? I know. OK, said got you. So all the, the entire time I'm like helping this group in this organization grow, I'm thinking I'm just applying my IT skills. So I'm like, it's just basic computer knowledge. And it's like, um, so that's what I'm doing. But eventually uh, 2020 came 
and that's when the pandemic came. So the pandemic came and our group started to struggle because we had to take everything online. So we still had the technology and we're like, what is happening? What's going on? And we're just trying to figure this thing out. We're like, we're trying to get this thing to grow, but it's not growing. Something is not right. And we had a part, we were part of another group. We joined another group because to another mastermind, like you mentioned in the beginning. Right. And they were like, look, these are some things that you can do to grow your groups. And I'm like, all right, great. Let's go implement this stuff so we can grow our groups. And I kept getting this resistance from one of the members about like growing the group. And mm. that member was, um, they just didn't understand. Um, so we struggled a little bit internally on that. And I was like, like everything we did before it grew, like, I don't know what's the big holdup. Let's just do this stuff in the way that's being suggested from some of the group. Um, and for a while we tried some of, we struggled and we tried some of that stuff and, uh, we had, a we had, we went back to the main mastermind where I'm going to call it, um, RMG. That was the name of the group. We went back to RMG and RMG invited a special guest, uh, someone that I, uh, when I first got into real estate, I could have never saw myself like even meeting or talking to or anything like that. And that special guest was Ron Legrand. Ron Legrand is well known in the real estate industry. He is great. I'd known him as a real estate person, but he is, and he is a real estate person. But the reason why Ron Legrand does so well is because of his marketing. Mm -hmm. And he came to us and he talked to all of the groups every group there. And he was like, you know, what's wrong with your groups? None of you know how to market. And when he said that it sat with me, it stuck with me for some reason. I was like, okay, mm. that's the problem. And maybe it was because I respected him and his business and his business acumen. But I was like, okay, the problem is we don't know how to market. And because we don't know how to market, I'm going to go learn how to market, not only for the organization's sake, but for my sake as well. And because of that, uh, you know, we had some success and eventually we grew, but um, going through that process, like going to learn to market, I took training and one of the people that Ron LeGrand learned from was Dan Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And so I took up on that. I took that coaching and I did that programming. And because of that coaching and that programming, I had a lot of success and a lot of results. And eventually somewhere along that process, when I was like learning, I reached out to Ron LeGrand. I was like, hey, I'm writing this book. I'm a member of Dan Kennedy and I'm just reaching out to you because I respect you and I would like to know if you would contribute a foreword to my book. And he said yes, because we had that relationship and he wrote the foreword. And uh, that's a long-winded way, right, for me to say that I'm an author and yeah. I know what I'm talking about and my results prove that I know what I'm talking about. So that's me bragging a little bit. I just wanted to get the story that's version. That's cool. You got, you had total permission to do it. And, and it's in, um, it's enlightening because, uh, I got to hear like Ron, the, the background, Ron LeGrant. I was just on another, uh, interview and, um, with one of our mentors with, uh, uh, Justin Brooke and, and he mentioned Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy is such a, a legend and a classic. Like, you know, he's, um, and he's still alive. Right. He's, mm -hmm. he's not like one of the, um, the late, like, you know, like Gary Halbert or, uh, I think Joseph Sugarman was a, a copywriter that just recently passed in the past couple of years anyway so dan kennedy he's still a he's a legend he's a classic he's still a legend i think he sold um whatever his his thing was it was something like get clients what, what was it like the initials were like g gkic gkic yeah yeah laser kennedy it? insider circle was the oh name okay of it. okay yeah i thought get clients was in there somewhere but that okay yeah that makes more sense what you said um so you brought us into there that, that's really impressive because uh with ron legrand contributing the forward to your book just 
just based on an ask, you know, but you have that relationship. Yes. There's, uh, I'm going to keep people hanging on before you get to your simpler method. Cause there's two things I wanted to bring up that I thought were, um, very interesting kind of profound things. You said that, um, the leaders, at least two things that I'm going to bring up are more than that. But one was the leaders noticed. That's what I, that's what I call it. Like when you were showing up and showing up consistently, and these are like, these are, um, in person. So we're in such a yes. virtual world and everything, especially like post pandemic, everything's zoom this and zoom that, but you were showing up in person and you got noticed. And I, I had a thought that went like this. Um, one of my, uh, lessons that I would try to tell people is that the people they think are VIPs, um, often are not. I go back and look at my own email list from years ago. And maybe I just like you, I'm going to confess, like I, I didn't show up enough, enough, you know, like consistent enough. And, but, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of times you'll find, and you can speak to this too, like VIPs, the people you think are VIPs. Ooh, ooh, look at that name. They're a big deal. You know, he and her and there, if I can only get the attention of them, you know, that's how, that's how I think a lot of us think as we're growing and coming kind of into ourselves, kind of coming into our gifts and our talents as we're working with real clients and accidentally discovering some of those along the way. But we find these VIPs and what I noticed <laughs> that a lot of these VIPs was unsubscribed from my list. So I'm like, oh, what the, I thought you liked me. And, but it, you know, they're busy. They got other things to do. They're not they're not as much of a VIP as I thought so. But with you, what do you think the difference was between and here I am t- confessing to my audience like I did it wrong. My VIP is unsubscribed from my email list. And uh, I thought I was sending such brilliant, you know, insights. Jerome shows up and the leaders, eventually they notice you and they, I'd, I'd call them VIPs. And they said, be a part of our board, be, be more a part of our group, come on and help us, um, contribute your, your, your gifts and insights into our board. What, what do you think? Uh, I don't know, anything more to unpack there or what, um, to say to that? Yeah, I think that, uh, you're like, what is the, like, what was the thing and, the thing, I think it's like a few things and I don't know what the number is, but I'm going to try to go through them. So to me, what I think that probably the main thing or a significant thing in that, like, uh, because I was showing up and one of the things I didn't tell say about like me showing up was like, I was young. I didn't even have a car. So I I was like really sacrificing to show up to these places. I was like really, really showing up. Right. And uh, like, if you know me, like I'm one of those people, I don't know excuses. Like I made no excuses. I just showed up, showed up and it was like delayed gratification. So one of the things that uh, probably stood out is like, it's like in the entrepreneurial world, consistency can be a rare thing. So I was showing up consistently for these people that are not used to seeing consistency. Like people come around, oh, I'm interested in becoming a real estate investor. I'm interested in bettering myself. And they say one thing, but they do another, right? And despite like we all have jobs, right? At the time I had jobs, I got kids. I had all of that stuff too. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out a way to make this work. And they, regardless of whatever I was going through, they saw the end result, me showing up. I was like, okay, this guy is showing up and it's, What's more important about me showing up like it's not the consistency is important, but underlying that consistency is like I can trust this person. This person is around. I can rely on this person to be there if I want to or this person. It's like consistency, like we trust in consistency. So I think that was a major thing. And then another major thing that I did was I would show up 
and I would volunteer. Do you need help with something? Can I do something for you? What do you need? How can I add value? And uh, I want to be careful because I did ask how to add value, but I was always seeking proactively. Yeah. Can you use this as value? Right. Because sometimes people are like, oh, how can I add value to you? When we are asking people that are leaders and that are like busy, that's a that's a very tough question for them to ask. Yeah. Like they they don't have time to sit there and think about how you can add value. So you figure out a way, look, I can do these things and I can add value to you this way. And yeah. that's the approach that some of us need to take, like lead with value. So consistency and leading with value, those are like the major points that I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. I'll add here too. I mean, you, I'm sure you'd agree with this. Well, one thing I heard you say is like, there was an alignment with words and actions, you know, like a lot of people, I, I heard you say, like a lot of people say, they say mm-hmm. one thing. And then you don't see them. They uh, they become fought folk, fell off the face of the earth. That's that's my acronym. Yeah, and, and it's so it's like, it's so it, it to me. I think it's so easy to just show up. Like if you say something, just mm-hmm. show up. That's like half the battle. They're like Jerome, oh my god. Sometimes I get compliments into like Jerome, you're amazing. And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> but what's really amazing is that I just kind of do what I say. I stick to my word. I do yeah. like stuff that everybody can do. That's all. And that, was, and that was another thing, because I'm sure it went like this. When you said um, you show up and you have you have something, you, you ask, like you, you're not just showing up like, oh, here's one thing that's that's more proactive. Like, I think some people um, might have an unhealthy expectation that as long as I just show up and I'm just kind of here and I'm just kind of, kick, you know, like kicking the rock and going, OK, when's someone going to notice me? You know, that's not good luck because it's nothing's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we can just go ahead and tell you, like, no, but you were proactive and you were asking, I'm sure, key people to say, would it help? Like you were saying, you were offering some value. But one thing that I uh, want to draw special attention to that I think is really helpful for listeners is that people are in their own life. They have their own problems. They have their own health, their own family, their their own health of their family, their own jobs and businesses and their own promotions and own lack of a job. I mean, they have all their own problems in, in life to think about. They're not thinking about how you can help them. But when you come to them with clarity and say, um, I, I mean, what did you like offer like certain trainings and things like that? Like, Hey, I could come and I could talk to this group about, a, B, and C, or something real estate related, or something marketing related. Uh, would that help? Would that? How did that? How did that look? Was you? Were- yeah. So the conversation and the way for me, and then I, I want to add this because people sometimes it's like, oh my god, I don't know what I can add. Yeah. Uh, for me at the time, like I didn't have, at least I didn't know. I didn't think I had like skills that were relevant to these people. But I'm like, you know what? What do I have? What can I add? At the time, I had an IT background. A lot of people are scared of IT and tech. So I'm like, okay, that's my skill. That's what I do. I can probably add this to these people. So I'm going to offer that. That's my skill set. That's my background. Uh, There are multiple ways that you can add value to people, but you just got to think of it. We can't, we won't know if you don't offer it. So I could have like, that was skills that I offered, but I could have offered my background. I could offer my experience. Hey, you know what? Um, I used to see this happen at these events all the time. And these people used to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should try that. Okay, I might not have time to do that, Jerome. Okay, I would be open to trying it for you, right? And that's just a way to kind of add value versus just sitting there, like you said, twiddling your thumbs. Oh, maybe like you you might get a chance with that, but if you want to increase, like you got to show up and you got to be active, like be more proactive. 
Right, right. Few people are going, well, I was going to spit this out. Well, I'll go ahead and spit out the thought and then we can see if it's uh, accurate or not. I was going to say a few, at first I was going to say, yeah, a few people are going to proactively reach out to you just because you're there and say, hey, what is it you do? And, and you, and they might, and they might say something like that, but it's all surface. You know, mm -hmm. even if they do, it's it's still very surface. There's not a whole lot of action oriented. Cool. I'm going to ask you what you do in order to take what you do and optimize it for myself or the organization I lead or, you know, whoever I lead, it's just, it's just, um, chit chat, you know, a lot of times it's just superficial. So they, even if you get that, which is cool and, you know, always be working on that elevator pitch or whatever, um, you, you know, where you get someone going, Oh, wow, that's what you do. Do you have a card? Um, but yeah, being proactive about, uh, putting the planting the idea very clearly about what you can do to someone else who can do something about it. You know, some people might be barking up the wrong tree. You ever done that? You ever kind of been barking up the wrong tree? You're like, Oh, okay. I have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you learn and then you're like, okay, that VIP on subscribe from my list. <laughs> yep. So, okay. Well, take, all right. So are you ready to take us through this Mad Libs formula I have about a simpler method? Do you have a simpler method to take our listeners through something that you got in mind every day you're seeing people trying to do blank and it's achieve something in the end. That's the end result. We're always after a result and you see them doing this or overcomplicating it or undervaluing something and you can help them. There's a simpler method to it. What, um, what about it? Yes, I do. And uh, so my people, when I say people, I'm um, normally, and you can apply this to like other industries, but right. you understand just like I understand the importance of knowing who you're talking to and niching down. Right. So most of the time, like this is, this applies to anybody, but I'm, uh, I usually deal with real estate entrepreneurs. So you can slash off real estate entrepreneurs and you could just say entrepreneurs, right? And just so to clarify, real estate entrepreneurs might be real estate investors, real estate agents, real estate uh, coaches, Coaches, course creators. Yep. So even real estate, so even those two categories, which are like real estate, uh, people with real estate experience that are building uh, digital products and inf information products like, uh, well, courses being one and eBooks and uh, things like that. And, uh, but yeah, okay. Investors, all commercial, uh, residential, does it matter? All the above? Yes, all the above. Okay, okay. Real estate entrepreneurs. Okay. So my simpler method, which, and it goes back to uh, like marketing, like when I was, I, when I was starting marketing, I was like, oh my God, what I'm doing, this stuff is working, but I don't understand what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And I learned through my coaching and my mentors that uh, there's a simpler way to market where you can like be accountable, where people can be accountable to numbers, data, statistics, right? And in the real estate industry, most times, right? We are giving our services and our time away for free. Mm -hmm. We're doing that for free. We're posting on social media. We're like, hey, come do business with me. Please, 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 please. And what I discover, right, and it's, no, no, it's not my method I discovered, is um, better marketing. And why do people want better marketing? Because they want to close more deals. But in order for you to get to those deals, you, you need to employ some marketing. So the simpler method is better marketing and Ultimately, the way you do that better marketing is through books. Okay. Okay. So the book that you wrote, I was really curious about this because I was, mm -hmm. I was, uh, I was planning on asking you, what was the process? How long did it take you to mm -hmm. write that? I got a, I got a book. I uh, use a Scrivener 
as a software. It's, it's really, it's really great. I've used it for quite some time and um, it's, it's great because it lets you kind of divvy out your chapters and kind of think mm -hmm. through visually, like almost like in a card, like a note card kind of mm -hmm. way, if you want to. It's, but um, I got a book that's been on my hard drive for about five, <laughs> for about five years now. Well, how, okay. So how do you execute on that? How do you go from writing the book, like the, uh, the lightning version, you know, how do you do that where you, um, you can actually get something published? Do you self-publish? Do you use, um, Amazon or what, like create space, or I don't even know if that's around anymore. What take us through a little bit of that. And well, let me put this question here and we can come back to a little more, uh, unpack a little more in depth, but like what, so you're talking about marketing and, and writing a book, coming up with a book, publishing a book, uh, that gives you authority, gives you notoriety. And then you can talk to maybe about some of the, some of the opportunities that it has led you to that your book has kind of been like, Oh, I, I wouldn't have seen myself getting that opportunity had it not been for what I produced, but take us through the book part, because this is, I think a big, um, it's a big boon to someone's career can be, but it's also a big milestone and hurdle too. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, the simpler, like, so better marketing and the simpler method is, uh, people are tired of marketing. They generally don't want to see like a bunch of marketing, right? So why a book? Because people understand books and they don't feel like you're trying to get over them on them when you send them a book, right? So you write that book, you publish that book. And then, um, the, the interesting thing about the book is that most people won't even read it. It's just like everything else, 80-20, and probably with the book, it's probably like 99-1 or right. something like that. Yeah. So most people aren't going to read the book, but they're willing to, right? Just to, so like real estate entrepreneurs, agents, investors, like we give a lot of our time for free. We give a lot of our time for free. And Drew, we met in an advertising group, paid ads, mm -hmm. right? So how can you get paid ads going for yourself as a, as a person that's used to giving out your services for free? That's mm -hmm. where you do you enter a book, you start to sell a book and, you know, because we're like part of the same mentorship, uh, $20, right. One book a day could go a long way to contributing to your advertising costs. Mm -hmm. So, um, the simpler method is like some kind of book marketing. And how do you even simplify that? Because like you said, that could be a hurdle. Like you start telling people book, they're like, Oh my God, no, there's no way I can do that. Right. right? So it's your marketing and the way you do it and the way my process is, is uh, we try to type. Typing is very exhausting. Writing, you're staring at that blank screen or even you're writing outlines. You're like, man, this is like a headache. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do? Uh, I don't even know how I'm going to get there. The simpler method of the book is uh, you talk. Okay. And we as professionals, we can talk about any and everything, right? We know our topics pretty well. So my simpler method for people is typically like I started off with 10, right? I'm like, get 10 questions and answer those questions, right? That's how you do it. Now I've, it's like, look, take five questions and you answer those five questions, right? And ideally the, the way you answer them is you answer them through a video. Mm -hmm. Those videos become chapters of your book and there's no rules of how long it should be or how short it should be. They're just videos. And most likely, like if you're serious about your business, you're already doing some kind of marketing or you're already doing some kind of videos, right? Mm -hmm. So you just take that. Here we go. Re repurposing. You just take those videos. So I answer five questions about selling a house fast. I take those videos. I have them transcribed into a document. I put them together inside of the book. And then I have a book, 
right? And it's like, oh my God, some people might read it, some people might not. Oh, what about the editing? What about the colors? What about the pictures? But you got yeah. a book, right? right? And what's more important about that book, and you know, like you've been through, we, we're in the same mentorship, yeah. the platforms and people understand what a book is. They're not worried about being tricked or duped into all this other stuff. I got a book and the book is going to tell you how to do this. And you can say whatever you want in that book. That book can be chapter one, you need to call me. Chapter two, you need to call the mortgage expert. It can be whatever you want it to be. It's no longer marketing material. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I really love about books is that people never throw them away. You'll throw away a business card. You'll throw away some flyers. But a book, you put it on a shelf somewhere and then maybe you donate it. And when you donate it, guess what it's going to do? It's going to market itself to the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person, right? And one more thing that people, book doesn't have to be 100 pages. Mm -hmm. It can be like 60 pages. So I had, I was talking with another woman. She got, she, she did a book, it's 60 pages. The book is not for you to be, to tell everything. People still need your services. Uh, the way I like to, to help people understand is that it's a marketing item. It's a marketing asset for your business. It's going to help cut your costs and it's going to help deliver your message. People still need you. And that's one of the ways that you can fund your advertising and your marketing. So my simpler method is like marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the things that I talk about, I maybe need to sequence it in a certain way, but it's like uh, recycling the content and stuff that you're already sharing yeah. and creating that book like is, a, is an amazing way to do that. And you take, you know, you take those videos, transcribe them, package it up. Hey, I got this thing. You interested in it? Yeah. Pay the shipping and it's yours. Hmm. So your your book, um, the okay. So tell tell everyone about what your book is called Remarketing, and am I right on that? And is there a subtitle? Yeah, the book is called. Um, so I have ten books now, and wow. the main book, like you said, uh, so you mentioned, like I would have never. So my collaboration with Ron LeGrand, writing the foreword, that would have never happened if I didn't have a book. Hey, yeah. do you mind being an authority, an author? a contributor to my book. Huh. It would have never happened if I didn't do the work to have the book in the first place. And once I had that book, I was like, this is what I'm doing. Would you be, he was like, yes. But if I asked him maybe something else, like, Hey, you want to be in my marketing or something? I don't, I don't know what would have happened, but that's kind of how I did that. And yeah, the, the name of that book is called remarketing. It stands for real estate marketing. And then, you know, paid advertising is a play on remarketing right. is also a play on like the actual real estate marketing, which can so. be a very affordable way and undervalued way. Um, un unnoticed, you know, kind of way underappreciated way to, uh, to get eyeballs and traffic back to your properties back to your online, not, uh, not tangible properties, but your online properties. Well, I guess maybe tangible properties, but yeah, remarketing um, if we're talking like online stuff, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I thought that was clever. Uh, the RE real, real estate marketing, but re remarketing. So, um, okay. And so is a uh, the subtitle, is there a subtitle to this? There is a subtitle. I have a copy here uh, okay. and it was suggested by my mentor. I was telling like Dan Kennedy, uh, someone he works with is Darcy Juarez and she suggested the subtitle and I just took it. So the subtitle is Insider Secrets of Successful Advertising, Lead Generation and Marketing Implementation. Right. So uh, to, yeah. to emphasize another simpler method, one of the things that we're doing as people is we're not implementing. We're learning all of this stuff, but we're not applying any of it. Yeah. I was talking to someone 
what one of these calls we get you know the the way these things are structured a lot of a lot of modern day marketing is to have a conversation and and get on a phone or a zoom call and one of the one of the guys I was talking to was talking about just execution here I was actually asking him about um hey, personally what do I what do I put out there in like a free training or a a book you know what do I do I hold back what what I put out he's like listen don't hold back because execution is something that so few do like implementation execution all that stuff uh i mean it, it you, you don't have to worry about it like it's just not the principle is like no one very few i shouldn't say no one but very few are going to take absorb consume assimilate synthesize all that stuff and then execute you know and mm-hmm. that's um yeah so Insider secrets of successful advertising, lead generation, and marketing implementation. If someone picked up that book and flipped to, all right, I'm formulating this question in real time. If someone picked up that book and turned right to a particular page or a particular concept, and not like you have to have the page number in in your head, but what what would be the one thing that you would prefer that they to help them if they just picked up your book and you're like, oh man, if they just turn to this concept and learn about that, that's going to be that one concept alone if they just learn it and then start to implement that into what they're doing can change their trajectory can change their life what uh what do you think what's what's in that book i i would have to uh flip it back and say uh, the title like the title is important and the title is remarketing like you said it's a play but one of the, the biggest the biggest reason why i wrote the book is because we don't follow up oh like that's the point Look of marketing. That. Yeah. Like remark, like you got to follow up a couple of times, six, seven, eight times. Right. Like even us, this call, you're like, Jerome, let's, let's schedule Jerome, let's schedule. And I wasn't forgetting or anything like that even, but you got to follow up with people. So yeah. before you even get into the book, I'll say the title is important. Like making sure you follow up. It does, whether it's digital, whether it's online, offline, by phone, cold call, yeah. follow up with people, remarket. I wasn't, you blew my mind because I wasn't even thinking about it. I th- I'm so into the, uh, you know, the digital and paid ads and things like that, you know, remarketing. Oh, someone visited, someone looked at my YouTube video. Well, I can remarket yeah. them. Someone visited yeah. my site or checked out my landing page, clicked my ad. I can remarket them for a lower cost per click or, you know, a lower mm-hmm. price. Um, but yeah, my gosh, follow up. That's, that's so, uh, it seems like it seems so simple, you know, but you, um, yeah, you're right. It's like following up, uh, would you say I've heard some sales mentors say like you follow up until until you hear a yes or a no, or sometimes it's just like not yet, you know? But hearing some kind of getting some closure, getting some closure yeah. on the follow up is can be a huge deal. Okay. Um, well, I hope you didn't. Okay, listeners, listen, still get the book. All right, still. Uh, Drum just said, just look at the title and follow up. That's that that can be life changing in and of itself. But um, but still worthy of the book. I like the uh, I like the the magnet on the front, the cover where you got a bunch of little houses, and you got that magnet um, pulling in what like pulling in sales, pulling in leads. This is what no one is telling you about advertising, lead gen, and marketing implementation. Um, you got one more for us. Like, what is what is something else that no one else is telling us about? Um, all, any of these and all of these lead gen, um, marketing implementation. So my, my favorite that I that I would uh, kind of emphasize to that I learned from Dan Kennedy mm-hmm. is be willing to spend money. So one of the things that he says is that the 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 person willing to spend the most money to acquire a customer wins. 
And that's where I was like, oh, my God, Jerome, you spent all that time writing that book and you got all these products because I'm willing to do what it takes to get the customer. Right. Yeah. Whereas most people are like, oh, no, you don't know. I, I want to do like maybe five dollars a day and maybe I'll get a lead. And it's like it don't work that way. And we're dealing with people's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of assets. So we need to change our mindset about yeah. how we can acquire them as a customer or a client. And that takes an investment. Right. So I want people to start thinking about that a different way. And that's what I'm saying. Like the book, like now, now, yeah, you can do the organic strategies, but now you have a book and you can be like, you know what? I can mitigate my marketing expenses because the customer is paying for their own advertising in a way by buying your book, right? Mm -hmm. They buy the book and then they can buy other stuff from you. And we are so used to giving our free services. We don't have these products as real estate entrepreneurs, but you can offer them a mini course. You can yeah. offer them checklists, planners. You can offer them, offer them all kinds of stuff after you offer them the book because the book is such a uh, um, low, it's such a, it's not scary like other marketing material. People know what a book is. They're like, okay, yeah, sure. Send me the book for $10 or $20, whatever it is, right? right? As an example, like you, uh, I sent you a copy. I was like, hey, send me your address. You, sure, sure. You didn't even think about it. But if I say, hey, Drew, what's your address? And I just ask you, there's going to be some resistance there because like, why do you want my address, mm -hmm. right? But I'm like, hey, send me your book. And now that I have the address and stuff like that, guess what I can do? I can remarket and I can follow up because I have the address. And mm -hmm. I, catch you all, I can catch the people offline now Instead mm -hmm. of on, because a lot of it's a lot going on online. So now I can catch them online as well as offline because I collected that information that they sent me. Yeah, uh, there's something else I was going to ask you about. Um, curious about books. It was okay. So you have ten. You have ten books. Yes. Okay. I, uh, cool concept or a fact I didn't know about you. Um, what about are are the are the nine others? Are they prior to this this one that we're, we've been talking about yeah so the one we've been talking about that was the first book the other ones came after and they're about different subjects and different and you know awesome. marketing different people are at different times so right. um a really good quote that i heard from jim edwards you know jim edwards uh i think so that is he's weird. from like he's the copywriter guy for like he works with russell brunson okay yeah, and he enough. like created like funnel scripts. And so one of the things that he said that was really healthy that has really been sticking with me is that uh, people, they don't buy the book. They don't buy products. They buy the title of the product. Mm. So I can take the same book and I can put a new title on it, mm. say the same stuff inside of the book and different people will buy it because, and again, they some of them won't read it. And as a business, like, it's not my objective really for them to read it. Yes, I want good content in there. But what I'm mostly trying to do is I'm trying to get them on a call with me. I'm trying to mitigate my advertising costs. Mm -hmm. So I can take the same content of this book that I already created, maybe add a chapter, maybe subtract a chapter, split it into two. I can do a bunch of stuff. And people aren't buying the book, really. They're buying, like, the headline. So I can take this content that I put in this book, and then I can call it um, how to get more business as an advertiser. And then I got a new avatar and on and on and on and on. How to follow up. How, you right. Know, How to follow up. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Three systems of, you know, following up that close. That yeah. And then it's another. like, the cool thing is like, it's your content. So you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. So one of the books, like I, I got 10 books, I think I'm up to like 12, but two of them, I don't count because it's like the same content with a different title. Right. Okay. All right. Interesting. Tell me a little more about, um, you mentioned earlier, you were, uh, you were hustling. You had, um, you said you had a family. So tell me, bring us into, um, family. What's, 
what's life look like? I do. I do have a family. I have four children. They are 12, 10, 5, and 3. And most of what I do is I do for them. I need to be the best version of me I could be. Yeah. So I could support them and do what I can for them. I absolutely love them. Love my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a lot of what I do. Uh, why I'm so serious, why I'm committed, and why I, I'm committed to growing as an individual and growing my business so I can support my family. Mm -hmm. Are you married? They're in Philadelphia? They are in Philadelphia, yes. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to take you into a different part of the show. Ready? We're yes. Gonna, we're going to... We're going to think back. We're going to learn. Okay. You say you're 33. So if uh, I might edit this out, but um, 33, we're going to call this part of the show. You just want to date me. I'm going to ask Jerome. All right. So let me start that over. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears here a little bit. We're going to go into the segment of the show where I call it. It's just, it's just for fun. It's called, you just want to date me. I'm going to ask Jerome some questions that will date him. Um, and so let's start with the first one. We all love music or most people love music. So the first, the question goes like this. The first music that I ever owned came on what? Was it a CD? Was it a cassette tape? Was it a vinyl? Was it MP3, digital? What, what First music that you ever owned. Think back. What was it? Yeah. So what was the format first. Yeah. So the format was a cassette. Okay. Mm. I got it from, I remember this was at the time that... Men in Black was pop? No, uh, Wild Wild West by Will okay. Smith. Yep. So at like Burger King or McDonald's, one of those places, they were giving out like those cassettes with like two tracks on it. Okay. And I remember getting that cassette and keeping it, and I thought I could dance, so I used to like try to dance to it. Do, do you know what who he sampled? It's Stevie Wonder. Okay. Um. I can't remember the song though. It's escaped me. Listeners are probably going, ah, it's this. But yeah, it's a Stevie Wonder. I think um, yeah, yeah, he was he sampled a bunch of stuff. So did Britney Spears. Um, all right, so that was the that was the uh the little freebie in the McDonald's uh promo. Yes, one of the Wild yep. Wild West. Okay, that's cool. That's I don't remember that. That's uh oh, I do remember. Of course, I'm I'm dating myself now. Is um uh hamburger, cheeseburger, something something a happy meal. It was like this uh challenge to kind of like rap. Just kind of like singing back this uh this little vinyl. It wasn't a record. It was like a piece. It was like record grooves. It was a record on a on a piece of uh cardstock and you would put that on uh, on a uh, record player but it would like curl up too just like it would you know a paper does if it gets a little bit humid you know and it does that but you you could stretch it out you could put it on a drop a needle on it and i remember having that like in the mid 80s some kind of mcdonald's anyway so we got uh what it was and uh the format of that let me let me give you another one all right this is more mad libs formatting here so it goes like this the first mind-blowing movie the first mind-blowing film that i ever saw was blank and I saw it when I was in the blank grade or blank. How old were you? So what, what's a movie that stands out? We're dating you as we're dating you here. So the first mind blowing movie, and it was because of the experience. And it was uh, like, I, I kind of didn't grow up 
with like my real father. So it was my stepfather and he took me to the movies. I can't remember how old I was exactly, but I believe I was in high school. I was just in high school. So maybe ninth grade or a little before. So somewhere between seventh and ninth grade. You know, I'm trying and to guess the first what movie, yeah, which became my favorite for a very long time, was The Matrix. That I was the movie that I, I saw. Knew, I knew you were going there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How How did you know? Because <laughs> it was it was so, man. You talk about one of the um, when it comes to film, one of the pop culture's most um, pivotal pieces of content you know pieces of entertainment content and entertainment is like a dime a dozen type of content you know what i mean it's like when okay. you there's high dollar for all these courses because there's some kind of value exchange you know there's some kind of thing oh you're going to teach me how to flip houses you're going to teach me how to you know make sales but when it comes to entertainment um a lot of that stuff i mean go to walmart and go to the, like the, the the dvd bin you got like dvds for you know buck 99 or so they're just they can't even like give them away anymore you know but when it comes to like so there's so much film there's so many movies in the in the history of movie making there's so many bad movies and there's so many movies that gosh especially now that are just like being made to like make a buck it feels like um i think uh studios and uh disney <laughs> disney are, are just ruining like uh franchises so efficiently because they're like hey it feels like they have this mindset like let's lock let's lock on to that franchise because we don't have to do the work it's already there and we'll just we'll just keep the uh we'll play off the nostalgia and actually get an older crowd too and bring in their kids and all that and then they like crap on it and just ruin it like what happened to some good story but the matrix was so pivotal because no one had come up with anything i mean we were getting into like that digital age too because you remember like it was so funny like you remember the they weren't flip phones they were like the well i guess they had a few flip phones in the movie but they had that uh was it like nokia um, yeah. thing where like it, it it shot out and now we look at like an iphone where the whole thing is a computer and it's a very powerful computer and it blows away anything that would have been in that movie as far as tech and advancement because this little computer could blow away that nokia but um yeah, it, it was just so fresh and unique and weird. And uh, and then the special effects that had to be designed, like the bullet time, yeah. like everyone has either spoofed it or it, imitated it, like both mocked it or mocked it in a fun way. Like I would say in a, in a, um, in a way in which they revere, they respect it, right? They bullet time, they, they try to take that effect. You see it, boy, you saw that effect in commercials, uh, like commercials for... Um, erectile dysfunction or something like that you're like what what's this commercial like someone spills juice and it's like everything pauses and then the camera goes around and in and through the action and through everything like it just got paused in midair and that was that came out of the matrix that was like that was the pioneer so there's so many things that the the matrix was the pioneer for so many things so anyway i figured you were you were going to go there and i was kind of ballparking with your age like if you're about that old okay okay yeah so Fun. I love talking movies. I got one more. So growing up, um, primetime sitcom. Did did you ever watch a primetime sitcom? And uh, do you have a favorite and a uh, reason why? So I'm not the greatest on what primetime means, but my favorite yeah, like sitcom. After, what, like six or seven o'clock in the evening, you know. I think it would be uh, my wife and kids. Okay. 
that's a prime time. A that's wins. a sitcom that I enjoy. Yep, and I still I still watch. Like I think I just watched it last weekend. It's still funny. Yeah, uh, I really enjoy. Yeah, and it's also very healthy. Like healthy like disagreements. Right? It's family centric. Yeah, it's yes. like really good yeah. good show. Yeah, that's that's I'll I'll have to check that one out because when it comes to watching stuff with my kids, like we watch um, different strokes. You know. Okay. That might that might sound weird to people and uh or I don't know odd like but I'm a homeschool dad and yeah I care about uh there's there's all kinds of things in culture that yeah you can say what you want I don't want my kids um even uh opening Pandora I don't even want them cracking the lid on Pandora's box because once they do there's no way to put that back in the box so a lot of cultural things like where's yeah where's the innocence so um yeah I haven't seen I'm not as familiar with the show but I do know that the show came it was known as being uh more innocent and uh and wholesome uh, yes good good descriptions yeah good descriptions is a very healthy it's a very healthy show and it's it's funny where where dad was a leader too where dad was actually not made to look like the idiot you know yes exactly would drive me crazy i hated those it was like dad became such an easy punching bag yeah, and I think culturally we all paid for it. I think we're still paying for it. I do. Uh, I do, too. I do, too. And like you mentioned, like a leader and just for our audience, like mm-hmm. uh, the he was also an entrepreneur business owner, too. So, oh, it was yeah? like, yeah, it was a really healthy spin on that. OK, what what do you do in the show? He was, it was he owned, I don't know which one it was. One of the brothers. I remember. Yeah, one of the brothers. And he owned a trucking company. OK. Yeah. Right. But he was still like healthily, just like you you kind of talk about, he was still healthily say, no, you still got to work for stuff. You still got to earn. Like he was right. still make sure they understood that as children. And yeah. like, it wasn't all sunshine and rain. It was very healthy. And like you said, the dad was not a punching bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, well, that is, that's about, I got uh, two last questions. I got a kind of a closing question, but is there anything that as I'm asking you questions, is there anything you're thinking like, uh, it would have been cool to unpack this a little bit more. Is there a question that I didn't ask or not that I forgot to ask or didn't know to ask? Is there something like that you wanted to speak to while I got you here and got some uh, time on video and microphone today? Uh, not really. The uh, uh, emphasis that I would like to make about people is we, and we talked about this when you came on my podcast is yeah. uh, like, I, I like, I know the book, stuff that i mentioned can be kind of daunting but uh the main thing is people we kind of overthink it and if you could really like uh like go implement one of the ways you implement is like just create some videos like Mm -hmm. you're expert about your topic anybody can create some videos around their topic and that gives you a strong foundation to create all kind of content right it doesn't even have to be a book you create a video you have that transcribed turn it into a blog post a social media post something like that but get out there and uh, implement like that's the most important thing yeah yeah just get out there and start doing start um it's something i i, I struggle with it's like uh to get in the in the mindset there, there's so many things sometimes the things that take uh it's hard to even say they take like five minutes because you're like oh my gosh that is taking me six weeks <laughs> to do it's like it's like i call it the uh the curtain rod in the corner um phenomenon where there's like curtain rods in the corner of the room and they're waiting to be, they're waiting for me to hang them up for eight months. They're just sitting there and it's only going to take me about half an hour, you know, 
but every project turns into like a multi-step project. You're like, okay, I'll just go and screw these in the wall. Oh, well, I just, I just stripped out the drywall. Now I got to go get uh, some uh, anchors. You know, I got to go get some kind of screw anchors for them. And now I don't, now I just broke the screw. Now I just, I've bent that rod or something like that. And so it turns into, it's like the kind of stuff. Anyway, my point is like, it just takes a little bit of time. And, and for me, I feel like I, I got to have that. I got to block out. Like I got to do this to my workspace and be thinking of nothing else and kind of be in a good, a good uh, mindset, a kind of good headspace to focus. And that's, that can be hard to do, but um, yeah, it, it, you, you probably can relate to when you set the timer and you just, I don't know, you throw some headphones on or do whatever you need to do to kind of close out, close out the outside world and just, and just focus and just see how you do in the next 20 minutes. And chances are you'll get some momentum and then that 20 minutes will turn to, to an hour and you'll, you'll feel, you'll get some dopamine after that. You know, you'll get some, endorphins firing so um yeah is that is that how it goes when you did your book did is that you just kind of said all right i'm going to turn off things i'm going to focus i'm going to just jam on this um did you record in front of an audience did you just hit yeah record? so so the way i did it was already because i'm already like implementing i was like all right what have i created that i kind of want to talk about in the book and I've already created a bunch of content around the subject that I'm already talking about. Right. Yeah. And the audience is like, like you're talking to entrepreneurs and coaches mm -hmm. that already, they already create content. They already know what they're talking about. So all they got to do is take something that they've already done and compile it into the book or did a blog post or something like that. So really quick example that I often offer to people like this interview that we did today like you can like have it transcribed. You can hit hey, Jerome said this, Drew said this, and you can do it all throughout. You can put it into some kind of document and just send it or share it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to just be a video. It can be other types of content too. If you smash it down, this was a special episode of Jerome and Drew where they talk about special thing, this, and Hey, who wants it? You can start to send it. So. I got one more question that I, I just thought of with that, because I think one of the things that can, um, hinder as i'm describing i need to clear my it's my my mental headspace i need to clear that out sit down and focus how do you do you have any advice on on ordering things you got all this information i think sometimes it's overwhelming at least i'll, I'll personally speak to this and maybe people mm -hmm. will relate there's so much information that you can you got up here and you can yeah you can speak to it if someone asks you a question you're like cool yeah let me mm -hmm. answer your question it's easy because it's right there in the moment it's organic mm -hmm. they ask you a question boom but um, how do you, can you, how did you uh, structure? How did you, you know, yeah. get chapters in order? Um, is there an order? Is it kind of like a compilation and where order doesn't really matter so much or, or, or what? So you kind of answer your question. Like I put the order that I thought okay. was most ideal, but one of the things I think like we, we kind of overthink sometimes is like, oh, what's the order? What's the this? What's the that? And one thing I want people to consider, uh, again, like people, they're they're like some people will digest your content, but they're not really buying it for that. They have a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, you have an advertising budget that you need to. That's that's the main focus. Right. As advertisers. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I want people to think about is like, so order, 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 um, like inside of my book. Right. I'm not perfect. And I let people know. I'm like, listen, I'm not perfect. If you think I'm perfect and you want me to be perfect, I'm not for you. I say that in a way and yeah. kind of the way I've said that in my book is I have a uh, a preface or a letter to the grammar police. Right. I'm like, listen, police, grammar police. I'm not perfect. Yeah. I'm, and if you expect me to be perfect, you should return the book for your money back because I'm not trying to be perfect. I have a message that I need to deliver and that's what I want to do. Yeah. 
right? So I'm setting the tone of the book. I'm like, look, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm out here doing something else. I'm not a world class renowned. This is my main thing. I got a business to run. Setting mm -hmm. the tone. So the reason why I mention that is because you can do the same thing with other things, right? It's this is a perfect. book. I, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I was, I was going to insert a joke. I'm not perfect. I got places to be at. Grammar. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so one of the ways I would do that is I would do the same thing with a book. Listen, people that are interested in my book, I would set the tone. This yeah. is my book and I really don't have an order, but I had to I had to deliver a message to my audience because yeah. it needs to get out of my brain and out there to some people that it can serve. Yeah, that's what I'm doing in this book. If you can't accept that, you're not my client. Get your money back. Throw the book in the trash. So, mm -hmm. so setting the tone, mm -hmm. setting the tone. This that's is version good. one. I will make it better, but right now is not the time. Setting that tone to just get it out there and get moving. Yeah, that's that's inspirational to to, to get the version 1.0. Yeah, um, out there. You can say it, and the people that love you and that want to work with you, they they're not going to complain. They, yeah, they I, understand. I completely understand, Drew. Thank yeah. you for even doing it. You got right. some good information here, like the podcast. Um, and I thought you were going to ask this, like about the editing. That's what yeah. I thought you were going. Yeah, but even it. the podcast, like we have a conversation. I was like, it doesn't doesn't need to be edited people don't care they want the they like a lot people that like you they want the authentic stuff right so sometimes people will pay like they'll go get the button up thing and then it's like hey you want the unedited too they're like yeah they want that more than the the real thing yeah because they want to see the real and the raw versions of you so yeah it, boy you got me thinking on that like they're i'm thinking well i'm i'm speculating that they're thinking ah oh, what did you leave out what what are the unedited yeah what, what right what did he say off the cuff? Remember, you know? remember. So go back to your movie director's cut and mm -hmm. oh, that's, they pay for that. Mm -hmm. So you got yeah. the edited perfect version. Then they're like, you want the bloopers in the uncut? And people mm -hmm. are like, yeah, give me that too. I want that. And then you understand marketing. So you go ahead and put it order bump. You want the unedited? Take it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, if, uh, if people want to learn more about you and your messaging, especially real estate uh, entrepreneurs of all flavors and residential, commercial and coaches and agents and, you know, people making deals on properties and people making deals on, on their uh, information that they're selling. So if they want to learn more and want to uh, get more from you, um, you got your website, JeromeLewis.com. What else would you, uh, where else would you point them? I would point them there and they can find me like, just about anywhere else. I also have a podcast, okay. uh, remarketingpodcast.com. Uh, me and Drew, we have an episode together. So I would just, mm -hmm. I would point them there. The main, the website is the main thing. If you want to learn about me, jeromelewis.com will take you to all of the other places. So very good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I had a lot of fun just talking and talking shop with you and uh, yeah, best of luck to you with, uh, with, uh, with your trajectory, your real estate career. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Dun, 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 music and dancing. Um, all right. Oh, cool. So how was that? It was good. You want to pause it or stop the recording? Oh, or? yeah, I can. Yeah.